Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 147, The Process of Becoming. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I am so happy that you tuned in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever there is podcast available. The Purple Pants Podcast is there waiting for you to subscribe. Give your baby boy some five stars and write a review. I greatly appreciate it. But what it do? What's up? Let me tell y'all. Okay. This weekend, whoo, baby boy was outside, outside, outside. It was 72 degrees Friday and Saturday. Low, you know, low 50s, not too much sun on Sunday. But listen, I have not felt this way in such a long time having a weekend jam packed with activities and so much fun. But it also just made your baby boy realize I am not. 23 anymore okay listen the weather was just so beautiful and i've been telling you guys that soon as we set the clocks forward spring was this sunday that i'm treating it like summer it's my season that's where i thrive and that's you know i'm you know i'm working out i'm running i'm trying to you know get myself together and baby Friday and Saturday showed on out a good friend of the podcast Chelsea's birthday was Saturday so we went out supposed to be a brunch now y'all know how the brunches go right you know the mimosas be popping good conversation then it's like okay well let's go to this next spot okay we at the next spot we chilling having a great time then you know other friends come and the other friends like well let's go in the city I'm like ooh Chad I don't know if I could go into the city y'all we done just been drinking mimosas all morning we went into the city baby the city was alive people was outside it was like have not experienced that in my own city in such a long time it was just such a great day Okay, you know, Spicy Bracey came out a little bit because then we went from one spot to the next spot. And then, child, I've been drinking all day. I ain't had to listen. I ain't have time 
So, you know, Spicy Bracey came out a little bit, but it's okay. Because, you know, it was such a great time, such amazing people. Um, and then on Sunday, a group of us got together and bought Wendell some Sixers tickets. So we went to the Sixers game, although, you know, they wasn't playing the Charlotte Hornets. It still was just amazing time. We had little, I don't know if you call it box seats, but we was in a little nice little section. It was so much fun. Now, baby boy is tired. Okay, listen, when I got back from this and, and then on Friday, I'm forgetting. So Friday didn't skip over Friday. Such a beautiful day. Mind of my business. Derek Frazier from Big Brother texts me and he's like, cousin, it's nice out. Come out with me. I'm like, oh, ciao. I didn't went out on Friday with Derek, had a ball and I just loved, you know, we went into the neighborhood, uh, you know, just, you know, Kiki and up and it was just so good to be out and about and just seeing some of my old friends I haven't seen in such a long time that Friday night became a thing. Child didn't creep in the house till three in the morning. Then I had to get up to go to the brunch. Then the brunch was all day. Then child on Sunday. Then I had the basketball game. Like, listen, I am not in my twenties. Baby boy is 36 and happy. That's how you know you old Purple Pants Posse when it's like all of this is fun. But baby, all I want to do is lay in my bed and eat and watch a little Netflix. But I am so glad that I was able to get that glimpse of a good time. People being happy, just being around people you haven't been around in such a long time. It's just so great. And whew, it was a weekend, a weekend, a weekend, a weekend. But. On a more serious note, I wanted to just give the posse an update. Um, first of all, you know I love my Purple Pants posse. I love the comments that y'all write on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagrams. You know, I read it. I try to respond to everybody. And if I don't, please charge it to the app and not my heart because I love my Purple Pants posse. And one of the members who is near and dear to my heart and who Barb loves because her daughter makes jam, Summer. Now, I say Beardman, but it might be Berman. Love her. Uh, we have so much in common with our past. And on last week's episode, she had tweeted something under the tweet that really stuck with me. She said, I love when Spicy Bricey switches into summer mode. And that really stuck with me a little bit because I share so much of my life and my experience with you guys um, that I forget that you guys know me and you know, the fact that her listening to the podcast and just in my spirits could tell that like baby boy is trying to be better, trying to be in a better place that really just like stuck with me. And I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, I need to make more of a conscious effort to be in this spirit and in this light. And through that thought process, it made me like think about, my birthday uh, and you know I was sharing with you guys on my birthday like you know some of the issues of why I in the past because past tense because we're working on it and it's not currently with us but why I struggled with my like acknowledging my age and that you know I didn't necessarily like see what my life would be in my 30s like I just never imagined it um, and so I just am coming back to report you know I, I report when I'm down I'm reporting when I'm happy but I just came back to report like you know the title of this podcast is the process of becoming and I am feel like that I am in the stage of my life where I am making plans for my 40s I am making plans for my 50s and I am like visualizing what I want visualizing how I see myself and it is I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and I was just connecting the dots of like 
the things that I want to do and how that it is possible. And if I do this to continue to do this, then this could happen. And that could ultimately get me to a goal that like, you know, and just never before in my life have I ever really done that. And I, I don't know if that, like, you know, I should not be admitting that, but like, you know, I just not, like for me, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go and life going to bring me what it's going to bring me. But, you know, through the growth and evolution of myself, I realized that like you first have to see it. You first have to believe it. Then you first have to see it. And then you have to make the steps to make it happen. And I'm just reporting back to the posse that I really feel like I am in a stage of my life where I am visualizing the evolution of myself. I am visualizing the process of becoming and becoming what I want to become and setting these goals. You know, I'm set, setting financial goals. Okay. Then I, baby boy didn't check my credit score this week. Baby was up 25 points. Okay. Listen, you know, I'm trying to buy a house or relocate. And these are the things that I am putting into the atmosphere. There are other things that I want to happen and want to do. And I am actively taking steps towards that. I was, again, I was saying I was having a conversation with one of my closest friends and we were talking and they were just really pouring into me and just saying that like Bryce anything you want to do you can accomplish and then they were like reading off my track records of things that I have done within the last couple of years and as quiet as it's kept I I don't like to boast or brag about the things that I've done, whether y'all believe it or not, because you know, we'll hear the podcast, this the posse is the safe space. So I like to talk to y'all, but like in my everyday life, when I'm meeting people, Hey Bryce, what do you got going on? What are you doing? All I ever say is like nothing. I'm working just regular, regular, you know, just regular. But this friend was like, literally saying you accomplished this, you've accomplished this, you've accomplished that you've accomplished this. Like, and I just was like, Oh my God, like you're right. And in that moment, I believed it. For the first time ever that, you know, I say it a lot, but I don't necessarily believe it. And it's not like things happen overnight. It's not like, you know, things are just handed. There is work that goes along. And my friend was pouring into me that I am doing the work and I truly believe it. And it truly is the process of becoming. It truly is believing in yourself. Purple pants posse. I just want to be a beacon, a light to anybody that is listening, whatever your goals are, whatever, like you think that you cannot do change the way you think, because that's where it starts. Our words have power. We say we can't do something. We can't do it. We say we can do it. We can accomplish it. You say you want to meet somebody, you got to put the effort in to go meet. Now, you want a new job, put the effort in to go get a new job. You want to relocate to a new city, put the effort in. It starts with the thought process. And it is like really anything is possible if you believe in yourself. And I like use me as a model. Now, mind you, I ain't nowhere near where I want to be or where I want to go. But best believe I am on the road. I am in the car and the car is gassed up. And I just wanted to just share that with y'all. I feel like a lot here on the podcast. I, I am emotionally vulnerable to my posse. And I think that that's why we connect so much. And I want to be emotionally vulnerable to you guys in the sense of when I feel like I'm doing well and I don't want to feel bad about, oh, I'm bragging. I'm not. I'm just pouring into myself. And I want to model what pouring into yourself is like because we all should be pouring into ourselves. You listening, you listening, you listening, everybody that's listening. We need to model pouring into ourselves more and model having friends around you, family around you that will pour into you like you pour into them. Because I'm telling you, my friend this weekend was just telling me all of these things and I just like couldn't believe it. And I just had this like weird look on my face because y'all know I, I'm so awkward when it comes to accepting compliments or accepting praise because 
self-consciously, I feel like I don't deserve it, but I'm telling myself I do deserve it. And everyone that's listening deserves it in their own right. And I think that we need to be more on that process of becoming the better version of ourselves. And I'm sorry, I know I'm going on and on, but I just really wanted to take the time to just pour into my posse because I love y'all. I truly do. I appreciate y'all so much. You don't know the joy, the goodness, the happiness that it means to have a posse. And I want everyone to feel as though whatever it is that we want, whatever it is that we want to go after, we want to change careers. We want to get that position in the job. We can do it. Go after it. Put the work in. I am really excited about this week's episode though. Okay. You know, we got the church announcements. I'm also giving you a little tea on a show I discovered on HBO Max called The Minks. And it has been a while since we have done the Purple Pants play by play. Baby boy really be getting into sports. You know, not that I really understand it, but I, you know, it's a lot of zaddies out there. And the drama that comes around the sports is so interesting to me. So we invite our good friend Joey Hatch back to the show. And we are talking Tom Brady returning back to the NFL. We're talking the Sixers and Nets scandals. We're talking the Calvin Riley situation. We're getting mellow updates. We're talking LeBron James. We're talking Kyrie Irving. We're talking Aaron Judd. We're talking NBA predictions. Okay, so listen, it's something you don't want to miss. We got Miss Barb here delivering another Barb's message. And we got the freak of the week. So listen, it's the process of becoming. Now let's get into these church announcements. On this week's church announcements, I just want to remind you that April 6th, Bryce and Wynn present the District 42. We are heading to Washington, D.C., proper 21, to have another amazing watch party. So if you have not got your tickets, make sure you hit the link in the Bryce and Wynn present Instagram page or my Instagram page to get your ticket and listen. Keep your ears to the streets because I just got off the phone with Wendeezy and I think this Wednesday, we will release the list of the people that are coming. And ooh, DC, I'm just telling you, you better get your ticket to the Bryson Wynn Posen. Get your ticket to the Bryson Wynn Posen. It's a man who, it's a man you. Being potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you. Being potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. So I wanted to come to the posse and tell y'all this show I discovered last Thursday on HBO Max called The Minks. And I, you know, you ever be in one of those moods where you're like, I want to watch a show or a movie, but I can't figure out. So you're scrolling. And for me, I can go through the Hulus. I can go through the Netflix. I can go through the Stars app. I can go through HBO Max. Just trying to find something new and interesting. And I had found this show called The Minx. It had two episodes out and it looks like they will be coming out every Thursday. It's the first season and they've got 10 episodes. And the premise of this show is set in the 1970s. A young feminist, her name is Joyce from Los Angeles. She joins forces with a low rent publisher to create the first women's 
exotic magazine. And the magazine is called The Mink. The Minks. And it's an interesting show. It's set in the 70s and Joyce is in the workforce. And it really kind of depicts a lot of what women had to go through. We see Joyce and it's a comedy and it's funny. But we see Joyce. She works at this magazine. Um, it's kind of sort of like the People or the Teen USA magazine that they're like selling it to women. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, 10 ways that, you know, he likes you. And just like, you know, just really bubblegum-esque magazine. But Joyce really wants to create uh, a feminist magazine that really kind of like takes the focus off of women being so sexualized and more about women empowerment, about women in the workforce, about women being strong women. And her idea isn't really being recepted. She goes to like this convention in Los Angeles where all of the major publishers are at and people pitch their ideas and she is so committed to this idea. She's been working on this magazine for years but it just don't deliver. Like the concept of it is really great but it's just in the 1970s it, it ain't it ain't given what it's supposed to give. It's, it's ahead of its time. And so while she's at this convention she's in line and she's talking to this guy named Doug who she thinks he's another person trying to pitch magazines to. Um, and he is telling her like don't get your hopes up because there's a thousand of y'all and only six of us and a lot of the times people will not Take your idea. So we see her at this convention pinching this idea. And basically she is showing in her pitch to all of these other magazine editors like, oh, this is what this magazine looks like. This is what this magazine looks like. And then she like, boom, here's my magazine. And the big boom, it ain't really hitting. And then there's Doug. And Doug's like, you know, you didn't come over to pitch your idea to me. And she's like, yeah, I didn't think you'd be interested. And he's like, well, we're listening to your pitches. And he was like, maybe you should stop telling these magazines what they're doing wrong and pitch your idea similar to theirs. Now, Doug is a very successful (laughs) magazine editor in his own right, where he produces men's adult magazines you know kind of like the playboy-esque and of course you know sex sells and so they have this conversation where he's like this is what you need to do and she doesn't take him serious and so she even plays around in this conversation with him about the idea of like well what, what if we did an all men's magazine with men like how would you guys feel about that and so Doug thinks about it and he's like, that's actually a really good idea. So he finds out where Joyce lives and he approaches her with the idea. And she is skeptical because one, she thinks that Doug is just this low budget, creepy guy who doesn't know what he's doing. But in actuality, he might be selling adult magazines, but he making money. He like, you know, he's very successful. And so they come up with this idea and she's like not a thousand percent sure about it. So she talks to her sister and her sister um, is such a funny character because her sister is married. Got two children, a husband. And so the sister is kind of like the voice of reason. And she like, well, Joyce, well, girl, you ain't never had an opportunity like this before. This man is saying he want to pitch your magazine. Girl, you might want to go with it. So they begin the process of starting to create it. And let me also just tell you all this. It's a lot of penises in here. Now, that's not the reason why I like it, but it definitely didn't hurt for me. And so we on these first two episodes, we're really following the journey of her not being on board with it. And 
Jake is Doug is trying to tell her like this could really sell. And he's like, let's get this magazine out or let's create it within a month. And Joyce is like, that's not enough time to create it. And Doug is like, we have to strike while the iron is hot. Now, in the second episode, Cosmopolitan releases a centerfold of I forget the guy's name, Burt Reynolds. You know, he's not he's not showing nothing, but he is naked with his hairy self. And it is the talk around town. People are going crazy. Joyce's sister come over to her house and she's like, did you see this? And so Joyce understands that what Doug was saying could actually work, even though she kind of like quit on him already. So then she has to come back to him with her head and her tail and say, like, I want to give this a try. I, 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 I want to see what we can do. And so, again, it might be a male exotic magazine, but Joyce still wants to put her women First, Women Strong, a magazine that is really kind of geared towards women, not just with sexy men. So it has to be more than just a gimmick. And so they they go have this first photo shoot. Don't really work out. And then there is this character named Bambi who works at Doug's magazine company. And she is normally a centerfold. However, you know, Doug has assigned her to Joyce. And like, you know, it's just such a great show in the sense that Bambi really wants to be more than just a centerfold and she is really learning so much from Joyce and like Joyce is really empowering her because Bambi's like well I don't really have that many talents I like I know how to like set up a set for a photo and so we get all of these different characters it's a very diverse cast uh, there is this one character named Tina who is the executive assistant to Doug but between the first couple of episodes I feel like Tina and Doug might got something going on and Tina is a black woman and so there are there's a lot of LGBTQ plus representation in this and so it is a funny light-hearted but I really love the messaging that is in this and I really love the fact that Joyce is really sticking to her guns about like I want to make this magazine that is not home and garden it's not playboy but it is you know women's rights women issues what like you know it's the 1970s like she really wants to emphasize that women are strong and that there are more to them than just being a stay-at-home mom so after they are working on this magazine. They didn't have a whole photo shoot where all the men's come in and they taking their clothes off. And I was like, oh my God, wait, not HBO really showing the penises. So they work on this idea and Joyce comes up with a really great photo shoot because the first photo shoot they had was like fireman and it just was like very much kind of tacky and Joyce is like if I'm going to attach my name to this it has to be more than that so she comes up with this amazing kind of photo shoot they find the the center lead for this magazine or for this shoot we love him we think him and Joyce might have a little love connection so then the next issue is getting ads and so Joyce is like, I want high-end ads. I want perfume. I want jewelry. But who's going to take them serious? So Doug and Joyce go to these advertisement interviews. And Joyce wants to tag along because, again, this is a very man's world. And, like, you know, they don't meet with the women. So Joyce goes in and she's like, you know, with Doug and he's talking all of this stuff and so a lot of the advertisement that Doug goes to they're in but they're more not what Joyce would say 
are the type of advertisement that she wants. It's like for maybe like dildos. And so Joyce is like, oh my God, this can't work. So Joyce also is a member of a tennis club, you know, a golf club, tennis club, you know, got all that stuff. And so she's been a member of that for a very long time. And, and again, it's nothing but a boys club. And there is like the president of this golf club. And we can we get creepy vibes from him. Like we see him coming over to the girls like, oh, how are you doing? Rubbing a back. And so Joyce is talking to her sister at the club and they realize, well, a lot of meetings happen on the golf course. Maybe we can get to some of the members and maybe they can have some advertisements for us. So Joyce and her sister going all around the golf club trying to figure stuff out. Then they land this one guy who is like, okay, I will meet with your business partner. So Joyce is so excited. She goes back to the magazine company and she's like, oh my God, I got somebody for us. I got somebody for us. They want to take this meeting. And so Jake is like, I don't think it's going to Doug, excuse me, I keep calling him Jake because that's the actor's real name. Um, Jake Johnson plays Doug. And so Doug's like, I don't really think it's going to happen, Joyce, but listen, let me know how the meeting go. And Joyce is like, well, I was thinking I could bring you along. And Doug like, oh, you want me to come? And so Doug is like, well, listen, we're a package deal. Everybody uh, from not everybody from the company, but the main characters like Bambi, uh, Tina, we all need to come. Now, mind you, this is the, Joyce's country club. It's very giving standard American white husband, white wife type of community. And here come Jake with Bambi, who's a centerfold, Tina, who's a black woman. And then there's this photographer. He's a gay man, very colorful. And so Jake like, well, we all won't come. So they go to the country club and baby, they are, the people are looking at them like, who is this? So Joyce makes the connection with Doug and the guy who we're supposed to meet. And like, you know, Joyce is getting ready to have this meeting and he only really wants to talk to Doug. And it kind of hurts Joyce's feelings a little bit. Anyway, they go to talk and they land the deal. And so Doug is like, he wants to put some ads in our magazine. And Joyce is like, yes. But he was like, it comes with a price. And Joyce is like, what? And he's like, well, he wants Bambi for a night. And this kind of sort of rocks Joyce's world a little bit and Doug's like I hate to tell you this but like this is the the type of men that are at this country club and Joyce doesn't believe him and so Doug gives him the card that the man gave him and he was like listen you go see for yourself here's the address he gave us the pin to get in and uh he wants her to come around back and so Joyce is like oh hell no so she confronts him in front of like he's giving the speech of like you know thanks for everyone for coming because they were at a gala that's when they had to meet in it so joyce comes up to him now we see when joyce is at the country club a lot of people are constantly commenting on her of like how good of a tennis player she used to be but she doesn't play tennis anymore and so joyce goes up to him and she hands him the card and she was like is this real and so she was like, I can't believe that you would want a woman to come here for this. And then, you know, it makes this big commotion and everybody is looking around. And then he's like, oh, Joyce is just having one of her moments, everybody. And Joyce is like, at one of the moments, maybe like one of the moments why when I was 12 years old, you were putting your hand on my butt. And which is the reason why I never played tennis again. Ooh, OK, she better expose them. So. 
I the, the energy of Joyce of being like this fearless young woman really wants to strike out on her own just resonates so much in a lot of different things in, in my life that I can relate to and so I was just like oh my god I, you know I'm all like well we're episode three then I had to look up ciao the she, the series just came out so it's two episodes available now on HBO Max and it comes out every Thursday so if this sounds somewhat interesting to you let me know Purple Pants Posse go ahead and watch them first two episodes and report back to your baby boy y'all know what to do tweet me slide in the DMs right on the comment let me know because I am really excited I just love a new show it's like a breath of fresh air and I love the premise of it and listen the penises aren't bad either but it is a lot more to that and I love how we are learning so much through these characters and what they were going through. And for me, it's just so similar about like how just history in itself continues to repeat itself. Like, you know, to this day, women still do not make as much as men. To this day, there are so many differences and like things are not equitable for everyone. And I just love to see a trailblazer in the 1970s fighting for women's rights. So listen, check out the Minx on HBO Max and let your baby boy know what you think. And we are back this week with your Purple Pants play-by-play. It's been a while since we did our play-by-play, but listen, the way the sports news is jumping off, I was like, listen, we got to call the Joey to the hatch, back to the podcast, and we got to discuss some of these sports. Now, y'all know I don't know a lot about sports. If it ain't mellow, I don't know it. (laughs) But I have to bring a good friend back to the podcast who is a sports fanatic and is my personal almanac to sports. Welcome back, Joey Hatch. What up, what up, what up, y'all? How y'all doing? Oh, he's back. Baby boy is back. How has everything been going? We haven't had a Purple Pants play-by-play in a while. Yeah, I've been on the move, man. Been busy here and there, but anytime you call me, I will make time. Listen, it's a lot to unpack, and there's a lot of things that I just don't understand. So, I mean, let's just get right back into it. Okay, Uh, let's go. Tom Brady. Now, I I thought... Chile. Chile. I thought after they did not make it into the 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 Rose Bowl, the what? Super the Bowl. Okay, okay. There we go. <laughs> they didn't make it into the Super Bowl. He chucked the deuces and said, "See ya." That is not the case. Um, there's been some jokes going around Twitter, flying around. Um, he he got a little taste of what actual married <laughs> life was like, so. Uh, they said Giselle was yelling at him every day, so he was like, nah, I'm going back to sports. So in actuality, uh, football doesn't start for another couple of months, um, so he really is getting a taste of dad life and married life in the daily, but I think he still just wants to play. He's still got some left in the tank, and with how the rules are in the NFL today, they protect the quarterback. So he's going to be protected for some years to come for as long as he feels like playing, basically. So when you say protected, like if he were to get injured, he would still be able to be paid out for his full contract? No, I mean protected. Like the rules in the game, like you can't hit quarterbacks like you used to be able to. So that's why quarterbacks have more longevity in the league than a running back or a wide receiver or somebody like a linebacker. 
Um, they the, the rules in the game are catered towards the quarterback, so there's less injuries for them. So, I mean, I think that that's great, but knowing all that we know about how football players and brain injuries, shouldn't there be some sort of protection for all the players? I absolutely agree with that. Um, I don't know why they are. I mean, I know why they are protecting the quarterback more than others because the quarterback is the one making them money. Uh, Quarterbacks are the face of the league. If you think about Tom Brady or your Patrick Mahomes or, you know, you can insert any quarterback name in the top 10 quarterbacks, um, they are the face of the league. They are the ones that are selling the tickets. So um, I can see why they would want to protect them. So are you excited for Tom Brady to return to Tampa or? I'm neither here nor there. You know, I bleed green over here. So I don't really care about what they got going down on in Tampa. I do respect seeing him play um, this late in his career. Um, He is the GOAT. But in terms of team, um, team spirit, I'm the Eagles all day over here. Oh, now did Michael Jordan do something like this? Did Michael Jordan retire from the Bulls and then go to the Magic? Uh, it wasn't the Magic. It was the Wizards. The Wizards. Yes. Um, he did this. He played into his forties. Um, just to see if he still had it, and he did still have a little bit left in his tank. But he quickly realized how young and how athletic the league was, and wanted to give it up. Do you make any predictions of anyone else retiring and coming back? Or do you just think because Tom Brady is who he is uh, and all rights the GOAT uh, that people say, you know, like, do you think like, do you foresee other people coming out of retirement? Uh, No, I don't really know who else retired this year. There were some talks of Aaron Rodgers retiring this year, um, but he quickly once he saw how much money that they were throwing at him, I forget how much it was in Green Bay for a couple of years. Um, he said, F that retirement. I'm coming back. I'm playing. And I think that's what kind of motivated Tom to come back. He wanted to see. I think if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would have retired, Tom Brady would have stayed retired. But he was like, look, this old guy's coming back. I'm coming back, too. Oh. Also, in Survivor News, when the news broke of Tom Brady, Boston Rob put up a post uh, of just a photo of him, uh, like a press photo of him in Survivor, and said, uh, if the GOAT's coming back, I've got unfinished business, too. Oh, oh. oh okay. Well, okay. I mean, maybe I need to put a photo back and let them know <laughs> I got unfinished they need business. need baby boy back. Listen, now, sticking with the NFL, Calvin Ridley. Okay. Now, it's been a lot of speculation going on with him as regarding to betting and him being suspended for the entire season. And the season ain't even start yet. Right. So with this, um, it's it's illegal to to bet on yourself when you're playing a sport. Um, A la Pete Rose, if any of the Purple Pants listeners know about who Pete Rose was. He was a baseball player back in the day. I think he played for the Phillies, too. Um, But he bet on himself and the team that he was playing for. And that's illegal. So that actually hurt his chances on getting in the Hall of Fame and everything. Um, But with Calvin Ridley's case, uh, I believe he was deemed out for the season uh, for whatever the cause may be. I I forget if it was an injury or he was suspended, but he ended up betting on the team that he was playing for, which was the Atlanta Falcons. And there's so much um, 
wrong with that because as a player in whatever league you can insert name of sport in the blank line you have more inside information than anybody else so you know you can find out who's playing and who's not playing and that will you know determine how much you put down and if you could win or not so i can see why the nfl would look down upon that now but do you like i I agree with what you're saying but one how did he get caught and what was he betting on like was it just like joey i got 20 dollars on atlanta falcons today no he's (laughs) idiotically he created an account i don't know if it was DraftKings or FanDuel. by the way this is not an ad because they didn't pay the coin <laughs> um, but he, it was one of the you know famous betting websites, and he used his actual name. <laughs> so I, somebody red flagged it. Like, wait, Calvin Ridley isn't he actively playing? Um, so I don't know why he thought that would have been a smart idea. And he, granted, he says he only bet. I think it was $1,500 in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, there's all types of rumors. Nobody's really going to know the truth on how much he actually put down or won or lost. But that this is actually hurting his cause because he's not, with him being suspended, he's not being paid a dime for this year. Uh-huh. I think this year he could have made between two, I don't know how much, but it was millions of dollars. And isn't it true, like in the NFL, they always say, because, you know, they say me to go after the, the baseball players first, then the NBA, then the NFL, because the NFL players, their money with their contract is not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. That is correct. Um, so I don't know how much he had in incentives and how much was actually guaranteed, but I think his guaranteed money was in the millions. So that's what he's not making this year. So uh, the NFL, of course, it's being done and we don't know who's doing it and the smart people are having, you know, their friends or their cousins, uh, or right? Somebody that's not attached to them, place the bet for them, which would be the smart thing to do. I wouldn't put anything in my name if I was making that much money. Yeah, but for me, it seems like if it's twelve hundred dollars, like I don't feel like, you know, Calvin was like, oh, I'm about to. Like I feel like he might have just been home bored watching Netflix one day and was like, oh, I discovered DraftKings. Let me like, you know. Support my team. For me, that's what it feels like. It doesn't, I don't, I mean, I understand the rules and the regulations of it, like, and it makes sense why you cannot bet on your own sport when you're an active member. But for me, it would be more of a red flag if it was like 30,000, you know, like, you know, 2 million. But for me, I just see, it seems like it was more of a like, let me support my own team. Yeah, uh, you can say that it was let me support my own team, but who knows what that 1500 could have got him like because they're in betting you can put together a parlay so oh. you can put down a $1500 but that 1500 could win you 500 if it's the most ridiculous forms of um of bets that you're putting together and if all of them were to hit who knows how much money he could have won now who was the player that you were saying in baseball that uh is kind of known for this who Pete Rose Pete Rose now Pete, I've also read that people should give Pete Rose the credit for places like DraftKings because prior to Pete Rose there wasn't places like DraftKings and all this other stuff where you can actually make bets correct um that people do need to give Pete Rose his flowers in terms of betting because you know when it when it came to betting you had to rely on your local bookie to put bets in but now it's legal I'm not I don't know if all the credit can go to him but um, he is a major figure on the reasoning why 
betting is around today. And, and so, like, for me, booking sounds illegal, like paying a bookie. Like, for me, I, I think of, like, uh, what's the... I'm in jail. Yeah, I'm in charge of the girls. What, 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 <laughs> what movie is that? You trying to, you trying to pimp? I mean, no, but oh. remember Harlem Night with, or is it Harlem Nights? Oh, with, with Murphy and Della Reese. Yes. All them, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, they were, they did booking. So it is, I could make an account on Bet Kings and put like $5 DraftKings Draft Kings. or FanDuel. But, you know, where's the coin? Because we mentioned them a few times already. I mean, listen, we we will have to put a bet in and see what happens. But I mean, I mean, I guess it's fun in the sense. But I mean, it's just crazy that people are actually for me betting and making money. Like, I'm curious. I'm going to have to, like, check these sites out because I mean, yeah, but it just makes sense. Like, I'm confused as to why Calvin would think that it was okay to put it in under your own name and your professional league. But first of all, I want to know who out here on DraftKings is out here snitching, okay? (laughs) Because if it had been between, like, us, say, me, you, uh, and, you know, me and you are closely uh, related and together all the time, I'd have been like, hey, Miss Barb, can you put this in for me real quick? <laughs> okay, <laughs> not Miss Barb's on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know she yeah. get a couple dollars on there. That's just crazy to me. Um, keeping it moving. What's going on with the baby that is my boy, Mello? Like, what, give me some Mello updates out here, even though you know I, I be keeping up on myself. How is his season with Charlotte Hornets going? Uh, he's playing well. He's um, getting tremendously better. I haven't really been keeping up with the Hornets as much as I'd like to. Uh, what I do watch the, the Hornets for, I mean, I know every time oh. I turn it on, I think of, I think of Baby Boy for Baby Boy, you know. But uh, I watch for the announcer. His name is Eric Collins. And if the Purple Pants Posse ever were to watch a Charlotte Hornets live broadcast, Eric Collins is one of the most hilarious people to ever watch a game for. He just adds so much life and so much spice to the game. Oh, and now is he a former player or he has just always been a broadcaster? Now, I don't know if he's been a player or not. I have to do some digging into that myself. But as far as I know, it's just broadcasting. Okay, uh, and yeah, I you sent me a video the other day, and I don't know who was talking to Mello. Um, and I love the fact that one, I love the fact that Mello is. I don't now. Is he officially the Charlotte's franchise player? Yes, absolutely. Uh, now, now break this down for me. Is it actually like they call him the franchise player, or is it like the people saying he is the franchise player? Now, I don't. How many years has he been in the league, Bryce? Two. two, two years. I don't know if he's officially, officially the franchise player, but if if not, he will be franchised within the next contract because he's making that city so much money. And the person that you were talking about the the video that I sent you in the past uh, was they call him It Man Isaiah Thomas. Oh, the third. Um, he's a veteran leader in the locker room, and he was just saying how much he appreciates Melo and how much he. Uh, how much he's doing for the team in terms of leadership. It's it's very rare to see that out of a young player and he's just giving him his flowers early. I love it. And I've been listen, I got flowers waiting for Melo whenever. Oh, man, sick. <laughs> he can get them early, late, morning, noon, or night. Yeah, though. Uh listen, uh, listen. Okay, you know I got my Melo jersey on right now. I can't uh, wear I can't wear a small though. <laughs> 
Listen, mine's is a medium, okay? okay. <laughs> Put on a little summer weight, but yeah, we love to always just follow Mello, um, and hopefully one day I can meet him and give him. Oh, we're gonna make it happen. Don't worry. Listen, okay. Um, listen, I'm trying to give him his firstborn child, if possible. Oh, um, listen, they've, <laughs> they've made a lot of advancements, and I'm trying to be it. Um, also, who also has come up is Bron Bron. LeBron James has recently broke a record, which for me, in reading this, I think it's so crazy. He is the first player to have at least 10K in rebounds, 10K in assist, and 10K in points. How remarkable is that um, for someone to accomplish that? It's very rare. I don't. I don't even know the list. I, I have to look the list up to see how short it actually is because not many people are on it. Like when you think of assists, you think of people like uh, John Stockton. You think of people like Jason Kidd, Jason Williams, Eric but, Snow. <laughs> Eric Snow. Okay, come on, Philly. Oh. Uh, but you know those other players that I named aren't also giving you the same with rebounds. When you think of rebounds, you're thinking of people like Charles Barkley. You're thinking mm-hmm. of uh, current players like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Okay. Not, you put too many syllables, but <laughs> okay. we'll get you there. Okay. Um, you know, some of the great rebounders of the time. 10k but they're not putting up points or they're not assisting and then when you put points on top of that it's just like wow this guy is he's doing remarkable things on the court now don't get me wrong i'm not the biggest bronze supporter on the court um because why is that because he you know he's he wanted to show off and say i can win championships this place this place and this place which he did he did bring championships to these cities i'm not um wronging for that but he the way he went about doing it was very cocky. Like other people weren't weren't having press conferences saying that you know we're going to have six championships here and only deliver one or two. You oh. know what I'm saying? So I'm not big on that, but off the court, Bron, I am a huge fan. I'm a huge supporter of him off the court for reasons like um, he built that school in Cleveland. Um, What's it called? The I Promise Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the advocacy stuff that he's doing for black people and for kids. Um, it's just remarkable to see. I just salute hats off to the guy. Now, and Braun has been, it for me, what is so crazy and which makes me feel so old is that he's been in the league for over a decade. I mean, way more than that. It's almost been two. He's, 19 seasons, I believe, it's he's been in. Let's see, he got drafted in 2003. So, yeah, 19 seasons. Like, that's so crazy to me to think because, like, I remember, like, I practically, I was, I felt like I was in high school when he got drafted. And, oh, I was in high school, baby boy. I mean, well, maybe I might have been in elementary because you are a bit (laughs) older than me. But it's like, he's just, I mean, I I remember Michael Jordan. And I I, like the thing that I, I most remember about LeBron is that, like, I remember when he was coming into the game, people was like, he's the next MJ. And people was like, oh, no, never. But, however, when you look at his statistics, he has surpassed Michael Jordan in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I don't know if he if he's even done it now, but uh, points-wise, I think the highest uh, scorer ever was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh. If LeBron hasn't passed him already, which I think he may have, if he hasn't, then he's going to, certainly, um, which is a remarkable feat. Nobody ever thought that number would have been touched and LeBron is touching it and it has to do a lot with you know keeping his body 
in tip-top shape. And not only has he played 19 seasons, but he's playing. He's like one of the leading scorers, if not uh, like I think he's like top three in scoring this year. Yeah, but I mean, how can you be the top three scorer in the league? And th- th- to my knowledge, the Lakers have lost eleven straight away games. I mean, not the Lakers. Uh, what city? What team? He? Oh, he's with the Lakers. The Lakers. With the Lakers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot going on with that. They're, they haven't gelled. They have um, due to injury. You know, Anthony Davis hasn't been on the court as much as um, the Lakers franchise would like him to be. You know, some players do take time off for. Uh, to keep their bodies in tip-top shape, but Anthony Davis is always hurt, so it's hard to to gel and put together a a lineup that will keep, prevent you guys from losing, if you will. So, I mean, and then speaking of another, like, uh, to segue from LeBron and keeping it in the NBA, uh, LeBron also has been making headlines, uh, setting records, and speaking out on this Kyrie Irving drama with the league. But also, before we even bring up Kyrie Irving, he also just set a record of the most 60 points in a game. Okay, yeah, so Kyrie put up 60 the other night. Um, I'm trying to think what team that was against. That wasn't against the Sixers. It better not have been against the Sixers. Um, who were they playing? It was just like, la- not last night, but two nights ago. Um, anyway, um, that's a remarkable feat. Nobody ever imagined anybody putting up 60 points in a game. You know, Wilt did it. He put up 100 before they made the three-point line. Uh, Kobe put up 81 and 63. There's been a couple 60-point scorers throughout history. I believe Carl Anthony Towns actually did that this year, uh, like this week as well. Uh He did, and they they call him Cat. Yeah, K-A-T. Yeah, and I guess it was the first time since 1962 that there had been 60-point game consecutive days. And I think the first one in 1962 was good old Will. Right. So, and I think it's it's more competition-based. Like, you know, an NBA player will say, oh, he put up 60? All right, but I'm going to go out tonight and try to do the same thing. And these guys are so competitive and so athletic that they just make it happen. Now, also, what has been driving a lot of attention to Kyrie is that he has publicly said that, you know, he is not vaccinated uh, due to his own personal reasons. And, you know, he was at a game. Do you remember what game it was? So he was at the big, uh, I don't know if it was the Big East tournament. I think it it would have had to have been because it was in New York. It was one of the tournaments that they were playing. Um, And he was just... Uh, college. For, I'm sorry for the Purple Pants podcast. It, the tour- NCAA tournament is this week, um, and they were playing conference tournaments last week. So that's why he was there. He's there to support. Um, I don't know if Duke was playing there or not, um, but he was there to support um, some college teams. And then the Nets actually played later on that night. So Kyrie was he was still in the building. He still stayed for the game. And the big controversy is is that he is not allowed to play due to the New York state laws um, that he can't play because he's unvaccinated. And I guess it's like the hypocritical point that if he can't play, why, why is, is he, he in? There? Why he in the building? Right. So I mean that is definitely controversial and hypocritical because like he's in the building, he's sitting here, and everybody in here, nobody has a mask on. So if you're going to let him in the building, why not just let him play? We're paying him all this money to just not play. Right. 
and then I guess he had gotten to he got fined that night as well because he went into the locker room uh, to like you know dap it up with some of the players. I don't think and, he got fined. I think the NBA fined the Nets organization. Oh, okay. They, they, that's them saying like y'all should have known better. Um, you and, shouldn't be allowed in the locker room. Now, you know, I'm all for vaccines, and I think that, you know, it's my personal choice. However, I do believe that however you decide and what you feel is right for yourself is right for yourself. I just feel like if he is a professional player making these millions of dollars, why just he can't get COVID tested? Like, you know, why can't they treat it like the bubble and, and COVID test him so that he can play in New York? And the other crazy part about it is for me, which is mind blowing, because to my original understanding, I just thought he was just sitting out like, you know, but how he putting up 60 point games if he can't play? I mean, even though you're not playing, you're still trying to maintain your uh, playing ability. So you're even though you're not playing, you're going to go work out. And but he is, position. though, like he's in other states where they don't require the vaccine. Kyrie is able to play. Correct. So it's just like, I, I mean, I, I get the mess. It's New York is a very shaky situation. Like it's a touchy subject in the sports world. Well, I mean, yeah, because we can definitely segue over to uh, the New York Yankees with Aaron Judge. He is an outfielder for uh, the Yankees, and in a recent press conference, because you know spring season is coming up. You know, we got the baseball players out there. And, you know, listen, I'm, I'm trying to go. We to barely had a baseball season this year too. I'm right. And, you know, Kyrie Irvin is still not allowed to play in home games at the Barclays centers due to his refusal to get a COVID-19 vaccine. However, it seems unlikely that best baseball players would face the same treatment, given that they play their games outdoors. But it was recently announced that unvaccinated New York Yankees and Mets players would not be able to play in home games. And so in a recent interview they asked Aaron Judd if he was vaccinated and baby if Dodge the bullet was a person <laughs> baby he was tap dancing all around the question and would not give a straight answer and basically he was saying like I'm excited and getting ready to play so then all of this controversy has been surrounding him whether or not he would be allowed to play um, it should be noted that the city hall spokesperson in New York made an announcement that also said that things could change by the opening day uh, for baseball so it is just so interesting and especially like you know in this realm where vaccines were not federally mandated and they were state mandated that it like how I think it's just so interesting how it affects these teams um, in different states because like he might not be able to play in New York but he can go to Philadelphia he can go to you know LA go, go in Atlanta well we know in Atlanta he could play uh, you know in, te <laughs> in Texas he could play so it's just like I don't know I just feel like there should be and again, I believe that it is these players' rights to choose whether or not they want to be vaccinated. However, I also believe that it should be the the league's responsibility to say, like, if we're playing all this money for these people and we know where the money is coming from, it's coming from the regular degular people like us, like, then COVID test them. Like, make them get, like, I, I just, for me, it's just like, what is the issue? It, it's, I don't know. New York, like I said, 
if you mentioned something earlier uh, when you just were talking, saying that they're saying maybe by opening day that the New York rules may change. I have a strong feeling that they will because I believe opening day is in a couple of weeks. It's in sometime in April. Playoffs, basketball playoffs start in April. So if they're changing the rules for, for baseball, God only knows they're going to change it for basketball too because they want to try to see if if the Nets can bring a championship to New York. So I think that they're, the lobbyists and the lawmakers and shakers will do anything in their power to make sure that their stars can be on the field because why pay tickets right. to go to these games if I can't watch the people that I'm coming to see? Right. Or lower the ticket prices. Or that too. So, I mean, that, you know, that's just what I'm thinking about. Now, I want to just pivot back to NBA because I think we've had this inner interesting exchange of keeping it to New York uh, with the Sixers and the Nets. Now, we know the last time we did the Purple Pants play-by-play, you was your feelings was a little touchy because of the Ben Simmons situation. We know that Ben Simmons had not been happy uh, with the Sixers for a long time, and, you know, he stopped playing. They started finding him. Then Baby Boy said, you know what, I can't play to do the mental health reasons, so they stopped finding him. Uh, then they breach reached this trade deal where Ben Simmons went to the Nets, but not just Ben Simmons. What was that trade deal offer that the Sixers and the Nets did? So, off the top of my head, we had to give up. Well, we were getting rid of Ben Simmons, so I'm not even going <laughs> to say give up. He's, he was out of here regardless. Ben Simmons was out of here. We had to give up Seth Curry, mm. the brother of uh, one of my favorite players ever, Steph Curry, um, and Andre Drummond. And I believe there might have been another player. I can't remember off the top of my head. And we gave up a draft pick, too. We gave up like a first-round yeah, draft we pick. We gave up a draft pick, but in good reason because we got back uh, James Harden. Oh, but I mean, ain't he in his later years? Oh, uh, I mean, we're the same age. James oh. Harden's like 33, 34. Oh. oh, okay. He's older than me. Okay. <laughs> yes, Bryce, you were older than all, all of us. No, no, that y'all are older than me. But so we got. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Forgive me. Quite all right. <laughs> so we got James Harding, um, and which. Super excited. Now, what is the issue with James Hardy, Harding and Kyrie Irving? Um, there's been some some speculation that those two didn't like each other during practice. I don't know how true that rumor is. Um, the report that it came out on wasn't a reliable source. Um, but as you, if any of y'all seen the game, played the Nets, Kyrie had some things to prove. He went off. Yeah, him and Kevin Durant both went off. And um, I think both for different reasons, Kyrie to to prove that he didn't need James Harden and Kevin Durant to kind of back up uh, the Ben Simmons um, booing and chanting that was going on in the arena. Now, let's talk about that. One thing about Philadelphia sports fans are that we are extremely loyal and we are extremely outspoken. Now, when Ben Simmons pulled up to Philly in the hotel, baby, the <laughs> Philly fans were... So there are like a lot of, and I'm sure other cities have this, but like in Philadelphia, we have like these Instagram accounts like Philly uh, Scoop Hall and like 911 Philadelphia where they report about like crime and just like different crazy things around the city and baby when this Sixers and Net Games came to Philly 
all of the people were like surrounding Ben Simmons hotel and they were like boo you suck like really for me a bit much it was a bit much and I can see how that would put a fire under the rest of the team like yo like you're one of us now um, we're gonna have your back in this so that's I mean that's what I would do if I were in that predicament now Ben Simmons did not play correct he's why still, is- he's still trying they're trying to ramp him up for game shape and he's still going undergoing some uh mental counseling oh. um I don't I don't it's touchy you know mental health is a serious thing um but he seems to be okay when he's not on the court you know what I'm saying it's right. just like he's out partying he's out doing whatever he wants to do but when it comes to this game of basketball he, he can't take the criticism because everybody in his circle has been yes men his whole life so when somebody tells him no or you know when he's not able to accomplish something he doesn't want to work hard at it and that's why Philadelphia had a hard time um, accepting him because it's like yo anybody that plays for our city we will, we love you but we just want to see you put the work in and when uh, you're not Philly will let you know but this also how crazy Philly is so the Phillies net game uh, the Phillies in the Nets game when Ben Simmons came out Philly was booing him boo but baby the Nets was on fire and by the second quarter I think the Nets were up like 40 points and Philly started booing the Sixers we will let you know quick fast and in a hurry oh Philly is just I I, I can't even Um, and again I think that Growing up, I never was really a sports fan. I, like my older brothers were always into the sports. I always, you know, I was, I was into the music. I was into the Spice Girls. I never really got into sports. Uh, but I think, you know, through my relationship with Joey, I have really gotten a better understanding and a liking for sport. Now, I will have to admit, I do not necessarily like the actual like sitting and watching the game I still feel like that's a (laughs) bit redundant however I think my newfound love for sports is like the behind the scenes stories I feel like it is more drama than a soap opera yeah there absolutely is and um, there needs to be shows uh, predicated around that but I think it's it would give up too much tape we right here we listen we right here because that gets me excited like knowing these inside beats knowing the fact that Kyrie Irving is showing off because he don't like the the James Harden like it's just like there's so many ins and outs of like the different things and which is why I've been starting to watch the because I I, first of all this is nothing that I just could never understand anytime I go over uh Joey House Joey got a roommate Named Darius And me and Darius Don't like each other For like a lot of Just different reasons But it stems from A flip cup game And I'm just Tell the story Real quick Oh man We were at uh, An event And it was like Me Wendell Joey And Darius Oh that was and Nasty Nas event Huh A Nasty Nas event Shout out to Nas And we playing Flip cup First of all Like Wendell and Joey are like, can you play flip, flip cup, Bryce? First of all, don't disrespect me like that. And we ended up, we were in like a tournament and we ended up winning, but there were like two rounds that we almost did not make it. And the reason was Darius. <laughs> <laughs> like both times. Nope, and comment. And I felt like there was one time I got a little pressure under the flip. You know, I didn't make the flip cup like right away. And 
like in the huddle of that round, I felt like Darius was extremely like, you got to get it together, Bryce. You got to get it together. And I'm like, sir, you just almost cost us the other. So anyway, it's just a back and forth with oh me and Darius. Lord. And Joey does not like to admit or Joey does not want to tell Darius that in that tournament, he was the weak link. Oh, I have no problem telling anybody anything. Okay, because I was the closer. I was the finisher. They were coming to me. And it's like, you know, and this is oh, 10987654. Okay, because it was Wendell, Darius, Joey, then me. Okay? And we were up. This was like the final round. And we were up. And, you know, I had, you know, the, we were up. So Wendell hit it. Darius is fumbling the ball. And now it's like, now they put, I'm the closer. And now they're putting all this pressure on me. And like Darius is like, come on, Bryce. Don't come on, Bryce me. Come on, Darius. Like we should have had six more seconds if you would have flipped the cup. <laughs> so mind you, y'all, this is just still, and mind you, this happened like two years ago. But this is still very. That. that was like four or five years ago. It's still the vein of my like the root cause of the dislike of Darius and I but anyway I get to this to say that Joey and Darius live together and for the life of me whenever I go over their house ESPN or Sports Center is always on and I just like do not understand it however I say all of that to say that now what you got on your TV I mean, I do try to get into like the sports center, like in the morning or at like I like I, I don't have it on all day, but I do see why y'all do have it in. Um, and then there's my one friend Sarah, who I think is so annoying. Whenever I'm over her house, I hear the like the sports center app. Like it's just so much information, and I think that that is what draws me into the sports realm and. I'd be lying if I did not say it's the zaddies for me, okay? Because some of these, uh, listen, I'll be with Joey and they'll be watching the game and I'll be like, oh, Joey, what's number 13 name? And then next thing you know, I'm following him on Instagram because like, you know, for, so for me, that is why I love uh, sports now. Now, I don't love sports, but I love the sports players. Uh, so I just wanted to just give y'all that like brief emphasis on what my re-emerging to sports is. Uh, but before we do conclude this, any NBA playoff predictions for you, Joey? And I want to just start with asking, will the Charlotte's Hornets make the playoffs? Um, I don't even know where they're seated at right now. They might be... Uh, if if they get in, I don't know if they'll give anybody any problems. Melo is going to have to play his heart out. Um, a couple other players are going to have to step up. But I don't even know if they're even in the race to be in the playoffs. I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong, um, but I, you know, f- for Bryce's sake, I hope the Hornets okay. make it. <laughs> now, what conference? Are they in our conference? They are in the Eastern Conference, correct. Okay, okay. Uh, so who are you eyeing up for the big playoff I don't want to say debate, but show-offs. Like, who are you thinking? Like, no doubtedly, uh, who is going to be in the playoffs? Okay, so as of right now, the way it stands, um, it's in the Eastern Conference. It's uh, Miami Heat. Oh. Milwaukee Bucks. Oh. Philadelphia. Oh, wait, wait. So the Milwaukee Bucks got, don't they got Jalen? Who? Wait. It's, That's Houston, bro. Oh, uh, Houston. Okay, Houston. But the Bucks got... Yana uh, Oh, okay. But one of the rookies. One and wait. Okay. And when does the when does rookie season come back up again? 
rookie season. When like they draft the rookies, because that's when I in the summertime. Okay, woo. Okay, and that's when. The, ooh, in the D League too. G League, yeah. G League, okay. All right, okay. Sorry, sorry. Getting excited, getting because that's my time of the year. We're gonna have to do a play by play of the rookies. I'm crying. Okay, but anyway, so so, so yeah, this, you got you got the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics sitting at four, Chicago Bulls sitting at five, Cleveland Cavaliers sitting at six, at seven are the Toronto Raptors. Um, Brooklyn Nets are bringing in that final eighth spot as it stands. Charlotte Hornets are nine, so they could be playing that playing game to get into the playoffs. And do we know who they will play, or we would have to look at their schedule to so see? If, if they play the playing game, if they get in, they have to beat the Nets or the Raptors. Um, they would have to play the Miami Heat or the Bucks. Oh, so. And I'm outside of the Sixers, who are you rooting for or excited to see play in the playoffs? Golden State all the time. Oh, okay. That's the Curry. Okay. That is Steph. Um, Draymond Green just came back. So I'm excited to see how he's going to interact with Clay on the court. Uh, hey, I'm excited to see this season. Draymond okay. Green's already make, he's declaring some things. I don't want to jinx it by reiterating them, but... Reiterating them, excuse me. Uh, tongue twister. Oh. Uh, and Mello do that to me too. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Where my bell at? <laughs> well, listen. Well, we're excited. We're excited to have the Purple Pants play-by-play back. We will try to keep this coming more regularly as the playoffs unfold. Joey, thank you so much for stopping by. Before we go, what are you up to next? And where can the people follow you if they want to show you some love or ask you some more sports questions? Okay, so what I got coming up next, uh, a lot of music-related stuff coming up. Um, I'll be in the studio coming up i have a, a few shows in philly lined up you can follow me on instagram at joey.hatch j-o-e-y dot h-a-t-c-h um for any updates and i will be glad to keep you guys um updated on what's going on in my life there okay listen you heard it first and this is the purple pants play by play peace out y'all Bob's got a message Bob's got a message Bob's got a message for you Bob's got a message for you Oh, and I hope it This is Miss Barb, and today I want to talk to you about being your boldly, beautifully, wonderfully you. There will always be people who will find a reason to dislike you. You will be too much for some and too little for others. Some people need to find flaws in others to feel confidence in themselves. Some people do not want you to show your true self because they aren't ready to allow their true self yet. Some people just might be having a bad day and pour it onto you. 
So please, please stop bending and breaking yourself into someone that you think they will like. Stop trying to change your true nature and your true colors to be more like theirs. Do not spend any more energy trying to fit into a crowd you were never meant to walk with. You are meant to be you. You are meant to be boldly, beautifully, wonderfully, spectacularly, authentically you. Do not let anyone keep you from setting your spirit free. Do not be afraid to speak up first. Do not be afraid to dance to the music of your soul. Set yourself free from others' expectations. You are here to live the life that you dream of living. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. And we are still out here celebrating Women's Month. And so, you know, I remember this author growing up. My mom used to have her books in the home. And I recently read an article about her. And I was like, you know what? Listen, we got our own Freak of the Week. Okay. Chloe Anthony Warford Morrison, also known as Toni Morrison, was an American novelist. Her first novel, The Bluest Eyes, was published in 19. 1970, the critically acclaimed Song of Solomon in 1977 brought her national attention and she won the National Book Critic Circle Award. In 1988, Morrison won the Pulitzer Prize for Beloved. She was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1993. Born and raised in Ohio, Morrison graduated from Howard University in 1953 with a BA in English. She earned a master's degree in American literature from Cornell University in 1955. In 1957, she returned to Howard. She was married and had two children before divorcing in 1964. Morrison became the first black female editor in fiction at Random House in New York City in the late 1960s. She developed her own reputation as an author in the 1970s and 80s. Her work, Beloved, was made into a film in 1998. Morrison's work are present for addressing the harsh consequences of racism in the United States of America. And she is this week's Freak of the Week. If you don't know about Toni Morrison, go do yourself a favor and study this black queen. Go read one of her books. Go watch the film, Beloved. It will do your heart good. For me, I've known about her because my mom has her books. And, you know, it was always kind of like, you know, she was a household name in our home growing up and I want to make her a household name this week and which is why we are celebrating the queen that is Toni Morrison. If Toni Morrison is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. I can't thank you guys enough for always tuning in and supporting 
us, it always feels good to know my posse got my back. But don't forget to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever there is podcasts available. We're there waiting for you to hit subscribe, to write a review, give your baby boy some five stars, and don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's the process of becoming. Because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants.